Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast, a podcast for event professionals who want to stay ahead of the game by listening to the leading innovators in the event industry. My name is Angela Tupper and I'm the branded content editor for EventMB. In this episode titled The Changing Face of Exhibitions, I speak with exhibition industry veteran Kathy Breeden. Kathy is Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer at the International Association of Exhibitions and Events and CEO of the Center for Exhibition Industry Research Foundation, or SEER. In this episode, Kathy reveals recent findings from SEER's research. We cover some eye-opening topics, including real-world statistics on the return to in-person events, the growing trend of companies embracing digital channels for their go-to-market strategies, the continued demand for in-person exhibition opportunities, and a research-backed forecast for when the exhibition industry will return to 2019 levels. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I invite you to check out other episodes of the Event Manager podcast with tips and insights from today's most influential event professionals. You can find all the episodes on our website or subscribe to your favorite podcast service. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. I'm here today with Kathy Breeden, Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer at the International Association of Exhibitions and Events and CEO at the Center for Exhibition Industry Research Foundation. Thank you for joining me today, Kathy. It's my pleasure, Angela. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Um, uh, you know, I'm very happy that um, our industry is opening up and that events are being held and they're being held successfully. So um, yeah. I think, you know, we're very positive. Yeah, it definitely seems like good news all around for sure. So I want to jump into the questions. As would it be expected of anyone in your position? You've been in the industry for many years. But I'd like to learn a little bit more about how you first got started working in events. Can you tell me a little bit about your first foray into the world of events? Yeah, you know, when I was in college um, at University of Florida State, I was working for a state association and they held events. And um, and it was it was something that I had not ever experienced before and um, as a result of that, and as I moved on into my career and was working as the executive director for an association and was um, um, held my first trade show that I had no idea what it was that I was doing. But um, just like many of us, we you know very quickly learn along the way. And after that experience, um, I moved to, Dallas, Texas with my husband and my young son. And we, um, I was studying for my certified association executive designation and met one of the facilitators of 
the study group and she, um, I mentioned to her that I just moved and I would love to um, be considered for any openings. And they had a, a position open for the director of membership and chapter relations. And I was hired into that role. And uh, over the many years that I've been with IAEE, I've been promoted and eventually now I'm the EVP and COO. You got in early and then you worked your way up starting yes. on the membership yeah. level. That's really interesting. So you've been, you're one of those people who's been with the same organization for, for many, many years. So I started in 19, in I started in 1995 when my second son was uh, three months old and he's now 27. So yeah. that gives you an idea. Uh, very <laughs> unusual in today's climate. That yeah, for sure. That one would be at an organization for as long as I have. Yeah, yeah. But means you've gotten to know the ins and outs very well, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, I'm sure the past couple of years have been particularly fascinating for you as somebody who's been in the thick of things for so long since things changed so quickly. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, you've already touched on this a little bit, but there's a lot of buzz right now around the idea that in-person events are back in a really big way. We reported last week on MWC, which drew 60,000 attendees. I believe it was about 55% of their 2019 numbers, you know, which to an outsider that may seem like grim numbers, but that's you know three times what they had in the previous year. So it's, it's a really big step up. Are you seeing that we're finally on the path to recover, recovery? I believe so. Um, you know, in that 55% of their 2019 numbers, that is somewhat in line with what we are seeing with some of the SEA research that um, that trade shows are about, you know, 55, uh, 60% of what they were. For IAEE's Expo Expo, for instance, we were 50% of where we were in 2019. So <clears throat> we are... Uh, seeing very positive signs, you know, the variant of the Omicron did set us back just a little bit, but I think, you know, at this juncture shows are, they're ready to be held. We're hearing that from both attendees and exhibitors about the importance of meeting face-to-face and, and conducting the business that they need to conduct. So yes, we're very excited um, about this path to recovery and, um, you know, and I think that also in our research, what we have seen is that the exhibitors are going to come back faster than the attendees are. Um, mm. I think by the end of next year, they will be back at the same number of shows as they were in 2019, but attendees are, are going to be slower to come back. Okay. So what you're seeing is that more and more exhibitors are signing on. So you're getting closer to 100% levels of what you had before, but the attendance numbers are still lagging a bit behind. That's correct. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, do you think that the exhibition industry gained anything from the pivot to virtual that took place during the pandemic or was it all negative for the exhibition industry? You know, that's a, that's a difficult question to answer because I think that um, the, the show organizers have learned a lot. I think the exhibitors have learned a lot and I think the attendees mm -hmm. have learned a lot. So one of the things that um, I started seeing in some of the um, uh, publications that I read during the pandemic, uh, that over 80% of companies have begun migrating their go-to market strategy exclusively to digital. 
and that 64% of business leaders say that COVID-19 has accelerated process automation and a shift to more cloud-based solutions. Lots of um, investment into uh, customer experience and many um, have identified that as their number one investment. Mm -hmm. And um, last year, $641 billion was spent on um, increasing that customer uh, engagement and experience. And that is supposed that was projected to double within four years. So I started seeing this and <clears throat> thought, what well, what does this mean for exhibitions? And so right. we we um, conducted a a um, uh, omni-channel marketing study looking at you know where where were exhibitors, how were they uh, touching and getting in front of their customers and their prospective customers and what were the attendees doing during that time too? And, and, and they, they had shifted over to digital, right? And I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. talking about online trade shows. I'm talking more um, conducting their own digital events. So there, right. there was a, and is a shift that's going on. And um, I think that for the organizers, they, I think that we're all trying to figure it out, right? And mm-hmm. um, so, I, but I, I'm very positive on the outlook. And I think inherently we're all about face-to-face. That's who we are as humans. And um, <clears throat> so I think that, you know, it's 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 a good thing. It's pushing us to change. The industry had not changed. And I can't even say that there were, have been any dramatic changes over the years, but this is, mm-hmm forcing us all to figure out what that next, um, what does the trade show of the future look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is, is quite fascinating. On the one hand, you're seeing that exhibitors are coming back to exhibitions, but on the other hand, you're seeing other research showing they're, they're moving to digital channels or to having their own independent virtual events, um, apart from say like a virtual trade show where there are multiple, pe- multiple different companies represented. Um, so it sounds like perhaps maybe what's happening is they still recognize the value of those in-person trade shows, um, but they might continue with some of those digital channels, some of which may be kind of independently done by their companies as opposed to by a third party organizer. Is that sort of a fair assessment of, um, of what you're seeing? I think, yes, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, and I also, uh, you know, that, you know, many trade shows, regardless of which country they are in, um, it draws international attendance, right? And international travel is just now beginning to come back. Even here in the United States, um, you know, some companies might still have travel bans in place. So um, I think that it, I think over the next year, it's going to be fascinating to watch, um, you know, what that recovery looks like in terms of attendance, but I can tell you that SEER is forecasting that by the beginning of 2024, uh, we should be back at 2019 levels. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, that is dependent on so many different things. Certainly the, yeah. you know, the supply chain issues, um, yeah. inflation, um, you know, the war in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, it's just, there, there's a lot going on. You know, what happens if mm-hmm. there's another variant that, that hits us? So right. lots of uncertainty right now. Mm-hmm. And fuel costs going up. Yes. The war, among other things. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely difficult to predict in any kind of firm way. Um, 
But with that said, do you see, have you noticed any trends that could turn into long-term changes for the exhibition industry? So for example, do you think some of the medium-sized players might fall to the wayside as competition increases, you know, such that the big exhibitions, people think of those as must-attend events, so they're going to go to them even if it's more difficult in terms of travel or um, there are other factors increasing the cost um, or they can only bring a select number of attendees or not attendees, but uh, exhibitor representatives because of travel limitations or any other kind of limitations that might be in place. Um, Do you think that's possibly a trend or do you see it moving in some other direction or is it just too difficult to say at this point? I I think that's a, you know, it's a difficult question um, to answer because, you know, really, who knows, it's just conjecture at this point. But, you know, I will say if you look back at recessions in the past, I mean, you did see, um, you know, some shows disappearing. You would see you would see that, um, you know, many shows were acquired at that point in time because of the the valuation of them. so I think that, you know, that really is, if, if you look at history, I think that's certainly a possibility. And um, if you look at the devastating impact that COVID has had on the industry overall, and some organizers weren't able to hold their shows two years in a row, which is, if you're a not-for-profit association, that can be very challenging because for many, you know, that show could represent 80% of their annual revenues. So um, you know, I do think that that um, and even with government assistance, right, it may not get them through. So I do think that that's a, a, a possibility. But I all also see in our research and it's interesting because it's not just Sears research. When I look at research, Sears research is great and I highly value it. And, you know, it's always statistically valid. But what I also look at is what other research is saying. And if the research is is in agreement or in alignment with one another, then, you know, I look at that as a real true trend. And one of the the things that the exhibitors have been saying is that they they want smaller, more niche events. So I think that that might be something Mm -hmm. that we see come out of this where, you know, if you go to a, a very large trade show, um, it's very difficult for the attendee to be able to meet with or, you know, be able to even get into a, a stand uh, to meet with with the people that are in the stand. And it's very difficult for the exhibiting staff to connect with those that might just be walking by. Um, and so, I, you know, the whole experience is different when it's when it's smaller and more manageable. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So we might see consolidation, but then also maybe some smaller events coming into the fold that are more catered to specific audiences and make it easier for both exhibitors and visitors and buyers to find each other, (laughs) the right ones to find each other. So you're sort of seeing maybe more quality or more tailored experiences, um, more quality matches coming. coming Yeah. And I think, you know, that, and that's another trend because we've also been so focused on saying, well, there were 200,000 people at our events or 60,000 or 120,000 when, you know, that's great, but you know, what was the quality of buyer? And, um, you know, that we've talked a lot about floor density and dwell time and, um, technology to turn that. Um, but it, it, it is certainly, 
um, something where I think that that there are opportunities because around digital and what are exhibitors doing around digital, what is their omni-channel strategy and for the exhibiting sales staff to be able to understand what that is at the same time, understanding the demographics of their attendees. Um, many, many shows, especially for associations, there's a registration fee and that registration fee can be substantial. And if there is lower attendance, they need to make up, the associations need to make up that revenue. And that is where I think that there are opportunities around digital. And, mm -hmm. but it also is, is going to be necessary for the show organizer to have a real clear understanding on the demographics, wants and needs and preferences of their attendees, as well as what those exhibitors are trying to achieve. Right. Um, and again, that's where technology and digital can help. And I think that that's where the opportunity lies. Mm -hmm. All right. It's, that's really interesting. So in some ways for the exhibitors, the quality of the buyers and the visitors matters more than the volume, but for the organizers, the volume does matter because they're selling tickets um, and, and that can affect their revenue. So you have to kind of balance both of those things. Really interesting. Do you think that um, given this shift to digital, do you think that trade show organizers might in the future start, start to embrace some digital technologies like e-commerce solutions or something like that, that might give them an advantage or some kind of um, edge that will drive exhibitors to come to the virtual channel as well as the in-person channel? Because we were talking earlier, you're mentioning that some exhibitors, rather than join a virtual trade show, will just host their own event. Um, and do you see some kind of technological offering that these larger exhibition organizers can provide that will make the digital experience of that um, you know, yeah. Those yeah, I think I Yes, I think so because again, historically, the trade show was the endpoint, right? And now the trade show is the touch point. And many or not many, I can't say that, but organizers are creating 365 day marketplaces. And I was just talking to one yesterday. Yesterday, that's in the process of of creating that. And we, on the IAE side, we've created Market Hub, which is a 365 day marketplace. So, um, you know, and looking at, you know, what all that content is that's created around, you know, not just a trade show, but any, any event, you know, and, and how can you leverage that content that's created so that it is, again, not that the trade show is not the end point. It's just a touch point throughout the year. And so selling skills are going to need to be different because no longer will um, the, exhibit, the, the exhibit staff uh, for the organizer sell just the trade show, but they're going to be selling across all different assets to their, to their exhibitors and their partners. So it's, it's a shift in thinking and um, in something that is going to may need some reskilling and upskilling of their sales staff. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a great answer that uh, they need to be thinking on multiple touch points, how they can keep people coming into the online experience and see sell the value to exhibitors as well. Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. 
you have any final thoughts that you wanted to add in terms of where we are now at this transitional stage? I know it's hard to make predictions. Like you said, there are so many points of uncertainty, but um, given your experience, you've been through recessions before and you've seen changes happen, maybe not at quite as rapid of a pace as what we've witnessed in the past two years, but um, do you have any final thoughts or long-term forecasts or any message you would want to give to the audience at this point? Well, I think, you know, being adaptable and resilient, and we've talked about that a lot throughout the pandemic as well, and the need for resiliency. And, you know, I would also say that, you know, sometimes the organizers might need to bring outside experts in to help them think bigger and, um, you know, and really push their staff to think bigger and embracing technology and <clears throat> for the organizer to have their own digital strategy. What, what's their omni-channel strategy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are they using social media in reaching audiences? So there's just, there's so much that needs to be considered and it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I used to have a boss that used to say, um, you know, you can't, you can't tackle it all at one time. You, <laughs> this sounds terrible, but you, you just tackle one issue. It's like um, chopping off and uh, the tail of the squirrel an inch at a time. And I'll just say that that, that person was from Texas. So if that provides any. <laughs> there's, a, into- <laughs> there's, a, there's a white stripe song that's a little bit more, it's a be like the squirrel and it's about the squirrel gathering nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. a little bit less aggressive. It's a similar idea. <laughs> I know. I remember the first time you said that and I just like, what, what do you mean by that? But um, I use that now because it's, it's such a visual for me, but um, (laughs) yeah, I think, (laughs) I think, you know, long-term I'm happy to see the trade show industry changing and, you know, what can we do differently rather those usual vertical horizontal aisles that have, you know, been around for decades and, and, you know, how can we enhance that engagement between the exhibitor and the attendee so that both sides are getting out of it, you know, the ROI that they're trying to achieve. And I think that um, people are going to be more discerning about the events that they do attend. And, um, but overall, I'm, I'm very excited that it seems like the worst is behind us and um, you know, certainly there are a lot of geopolitical challenges these days, yeah. but um, I think that that in the long term that we're going to come out better. It's going to be different, but I think it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. That's that's a nice note to end on. If you did want to add anything further about how associations can help with this, um, now might be a good time to uh, weigh in on yeah. that. Do you think that... Um, <laughs> Through the networking or the collective uh, resources that association members can bring to one another, do you think that could be a way to help solve some of these um, areas where people need to, maybe not solve, but areas where people need to level up their skills or um, learn new techniques? Is there a room there or a role there for associations to play? Yeah, you know, associations are the largest source of postgraduate education in the world. And 
Um, associations are a great way, regardless of the association that one belongs to, um, to really um, learn and upskill. Um, you know, we're going to need to focus a lot on workforce development, especially as the older generation like myself, you know, exit out of the out of the uh, the industry and, and younger people come on. Um, so I think that associations can really provide a lot of value through their certification programs um, and, and, and just the different programming that they are offering. And I'm also very excited to see that the industry associations are collaborating much more um, as we have needed to do for a number of years. But mm -hmm. I think that that's a good opportunity because we're going to be able to bring more uh, to our members and our audiences um, than we were previously. So that, that's very exciting. And we're also seeing that within the shows themselves, right? There have been some really unique collaborations over this last year. And I, I do think that's um, another positive that's coming out of this pandemic is the collaborations that are happening. Well, that's a really uplifting note, especially given the divisiveness we're, we're facing in the world right now that um, in certain areas, we're seeing more collaboration and more partnerships and that's improving the experience for everybody and uh, your members, I'm sure as well. So thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting with you. Um, lots of great insights, really I learned a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you.